So, uh, I haven't been here for two weeks, but I gather that you've been uh, doing some really cheery topics, like uh, lament and uh, complaint and confession. Any of the rest of you not been here for the last two weeks? <laughs> well, we're moving on to something a bit more cheerful, so we've managed to miss all that. I think that was excellent planning. Um, so we're going for a bit of a, a change of tone. All, all I gather is that it's been wonderful, actually, the last two weeks, and I feel sad to have missed it, but we are still going for a change of tone. Um, so this morning, we are going to be thinking about Psalms of Ascent, soul songs of Ascent. And uh, this is going to be a fairly un-Lisa-like kind of sermon this morning, which makes me feel very insecure. Um, and I'm going to need your help, which also makes me feel very insecure. <laughs> when I mentioned at the deacons meeting on, uh, on Monday night um, what I was going to be talking about this morning, this is some of the really helpful things that they came up with. And just so that you know the quality of leaders that we have in this church, I thought that maybe I should share some of them with you. There's some looking really anxious now. <laughs> so I said I'm speaking on Psalms of Ascent. Well, this was the first helpful suggestion that was made. Psalms of Ascent, with two S's in the middle. Um, it's not really quite what we're talking about when we're talking about Psalms of Ascent. However, maybe the truth is that these are some of the Psalms that we more easily say yes to, that we more easily identify with, the ones that kind of actually resonate with our life experiences. So it may have been a foolish suggestion. Was it you? Steve Hudson. <laughs> but there's some mileage in it. There's something to be said for psalms that we resonate with that, that kind of encourage us in our souls. Here's another suggestion helpfully made by the deacons. Are you talking about escalators? Well, at least we're into the right spelling of the word now, aren't we? Or are we talking about elevators? The thing is that all the thoughts of elevators made me think about something. Because I wonder whether the problem with the Psalms is, especially those that we are more familiar with, that they become just something like elevator music. We hear them, we may even sing them, but actually they just fade into the background. They're kind of familiar, and so we don't really pay much attention. And then some of it's quite easy, and we like those little bits, and then there's the other bits which we've frankly, don't really understand. So we, we sort of ignore them, shove them behind us, and we never really engage deeply with what these psalms are going to be about. So, excuse me, if we've spent a few weeks singing the blues, then I feel like we should maybe do the opposite, but I couldn't work out what the opposite was. So it ended up being something like inspirational music, which frankly makes me want to throw up, but that's the kind of idea. But music that elevates us, that inspires us, music, soul songs that lift us up, soul songs that lift us up. So you up for a bit of that this morning? Are you up for helping? Good, because it'll be dead short otherwise. Maybe you don't mind that. <laughs> 
Another way of looking at the Psalms of Ascent may be to think of them as stepping stones to God's heart, where we take one step after another towards God. You know, Catherine is absolutely superb at doing that. She's very careful to give us a stepping stone to stand on. And then just when we think, oh, that looks a bit wide there, she gives us another stepping stone to stand on. And then she gives us another stepping stone to stand on. And she takes us very gently and humbly towards God. And we can choose to take the stepping stone or we can choose to stay on number one. But trust me, with Catherine, you'll always get some stepping stones if you want to go with them. These are songs about transition. These are songs about being between the times. They are brief hymns or songs that provide courage and support and inner direction to where God is leading us. They are like stepping stones. So let's go a little bit into their context. I say a little bit because there isn't really a whole lot to say. It's a collection of psalms, Psalm 120 to 134. And um, just to make it a whole lot easier for us, at the top of each of the psalms of ascents, it says this, a psalm of ascents. Right, you don't need a degree in theology to work that out. It's at the top of each one. It's not on any of the other ones. It's a song of ascents. Another word for a sense might be degrees, where we go from one degree to another. Maybe that reminds you of a verse in the New Testament. The Shirai HaMahalot, in the context of ancient Israel, were the songs that had a sense of upward movement, of upward direction. The songs, the psalms that were put to music and sung by the Jewish families on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the highest point in Israel. So they were moving up towards Jerusalem. They went there three times a year. It says that in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 16, verse 16, and other places at Passover, at Pentecost, and at Tabernacles. And as they were walking towards Jerusalem, they sang these songs, and they remembered the truths about God and his faithfulness through the songs. Maybe they sung them on their own, maybe as families, maybe all together as groups of people. During the time of the temple, it says that the Psalms of Ascent were sung by the priests as people entered the temple. In the Mishnah, it says that the Levites stood on the 15 steps that led up to the women's court in the temple. So here you have not one worship band, but 15, one for each song. Maybe we'd be able to get one song completely right if that was all we had to work with. Eh? <laughs> one for each step. And they stood on the steps and they sung the songs of ascent as they went into the temple. So what are these psalms? Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And various people have categorized them in all sorts of different ways. Here's one option. But I thought that maybe what would be really good for us this morning was to read them. That's where you come in. So we're going to read the Psalms of Ascent. So are you okay with that? So you need to ideally stand up where you are, face the majority of people, and try and read loudly. And I'm going to just skip one or two. But we're mostly going to read them. So who would like to read Psalm 120? 
Thank you, David. Right, the rest of you, would you like to start queuing up mentally in your mind? And we're going to hear these, and I want you to ask God to speak to you. Because these psalms are not really meant to be like um, exegeted, or whatever the right word is, taken apart in all little bits. They are meant to be sung. They are meant to be heard. They are meant to be responded to and listened to. And it was wonderful at the 9.15 doing that this morning. We're going to spend this bit of the service. So my sermon has a great beginning and a great end and not much in the middle. This is the middle, okay? This is the important bit because this is listening to the Word of God. And that's the important bit. So we're going to stand and I'll tell you which one's next. And we're going to read to each other and let's pray that God speaks, that God touches our hearts, that something out of these Psalms Some verse connects with us. Some heart cry from David connects with us. Something about it draws us into the heart of God this morning. Are we okay for that? Right, David, please stand. You're first. Thank you. Step one is done. Step two. Irene, just stand. It's right here. Thank you. Christine. Psalm 1, 2, 3, Jennifer.
Thank you. One, two, four, Esther. Beatrice. Need some men next, by the way. Richard, <laughs> you looked in my direction. <laughs> Thank you. One, two, seven. Angie. Thank you. We're going to skip to Psalm 130. Thanks, Rebecca.
Norman, 131. Thank you. Thank you. And I think we need a bearded man to read Psalm 133. <laughs> it's there. Got long words? Yeah, no, it's there. I'm just scanning it for any difficult words. It doesn't have any difficult words. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Thank you. And let's read Psalm 134 together. It doesn't matter if there's a few conflicts of, uh, of uh, interpretation, whatever. So, one, two, three. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Thank you. That was good, you know, because we don't read it, we don't hear it. I send you away saying there's 15 psalms here. Probably none of you will look at it because you're all the same as me. You'll forget by tomorrow morning. It's good for us to read God's word aloud and hear it, that these are the Psalms that we're talking about, the stepping stones towards God, the things that resonate in us. These are songs of pilgrimage, songs of intent, drawing close to God one step at a time. Four years ago, I walked the Camino de Santiago with Vicky and Beth and Kirsty and Mike, uh, and this particular bit of it, I was with Kirsty. We started at the beginning, and the destination was Santiago. We knew where we were going. We knew what the path was. We didn't know what the conditions would be, the people that we would meet, the experiences of every day. But we were walking there intentionally, not deviating, trying not to get lost, trying to keep on the path in the same direction to the destination. It was all about the journey to the destination. That's what these psalms are for. They're for pilgrimage. They're for walking close towards God, for that intentional, purposeful journeying with hope and expectation and anticipation and faith. They are songs for the journey, not for standing still, but for the journey, for the beginnings, for the middles, for the endings. They are songs for the individual and for us together. They incorporate the positives and the very negatives of our lives. They're about life lived upward towards God. I'm going to read to you something from a book that I should frankly have read years ago, but haven't. And uh, I started reading it on the train last week, and I just thought, why have I never read this book before? So I'm going to read to you a little bit of it. It's from Eugene Peterson's book, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I never really got past the first chapter because it was so good. I kept going back to it. He says this, One aspect of the world that I have been able to identify as harmful to Christians is the assumption that anything worthwhile can be acquired at once. 
We assume that if something can be done at all, it can be done quickly and efficiently. Our attention spans have been conditioned by 30-second commercials. Our sense of reality has been flattened by 30-page abridgments. It is not difficult in such a world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. It is terrifically difficult to sustain the interest. Millions of people in our culture make decisions for Christ, but there is a dreadful attrition rate. Many claim to have been born again, but the evidence for mature Christian discipleship is slim. In our kind of culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it is packaged freshly, but when it loses its novelty, it goes on the rubbish heap. There is a great market for religious experience in our world. There is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. Religion in our time has been captured by the tourist mindset. Religion is understood as a visit to an attractive site to be made when we have adequate leisure. For some, it's a weekly jaunt to church. For others, occasional visits to special services. Some with a bent for religious entertainment and sacred diversion plan their lives around special events like retreats, rallies and conferences. We go to see a new personality, to hear a new truth, to get a new experience and so somehow expand our otherwise humdrum lives. The religious life is defined as the latest and the newest. Zen, faith healing, human potential, parapsychology, successful living, choreography in the chancel. I'd like to say that, by the way. Armageddon. We'll try anything until something else comes along. You know, I just think that's so powerful. And he talks about the difference between a pilgrim mentality and a tourist mentality. That's a really powerful insight because this is about pilgrimage. This is about walking consistently, faithfully in the same direction. Whether the road is easy or the road is hard, whether all is good or all is challenging and difficult, whether you are on the high mountaintops or deep in the valleys, whether the sun is shining or you're lost in the clouds. It's about that pilgrimage, walking one step after another in the same direction. We all love being tourists, don't we? Getting the guide which tells you all the bits to avoid and all the nice things to see. So you can avoid all the nasty stuff, the slums, the kind of boring stuff. You just see the highlights. But our life with Jesus is not like that. It's a pilgrimage, not a tourist trail. These are songs for pilgrimage, for the journey, for our story, for my story, for your story. There are things within these psalms that I read them and I resonate with them. I think that has been important to me. That verse has held me in the dark times. That one's encouraged me to draw close to God. When I've been harassed and anxious and worried, I've sought to draw near to God like a child feeding with its mother. When I've been in the depths, I've cried out to the God who listens because we, he, David says, out of the depths I cry. When everyone around me is finding their strengths and resources from the gods of the mountains, my strength comes from the God who made the mountains. This is our story. Let me show you something. Marianne, this is courtesy of you this week. She's looking very worried now. You can't answer the question. When was this photograph taken? If you saw Marianne's post, you're also not allowed to answer this question. When was this photograph taken? Any ideas? What does it look like? Don't think too hard. What does it look like to you? Very quiet now. 
Does it? Okay. Okay, well, I got better answers from the 9.15 because I actually answered. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsty, for trying. <laughs> I think this looks quite modern, relatively. Okay? But actually, this photograph was taken in 1865. There's always one clever clugs, isn't there? This guy's Lewis Powell. He was co-conspirator with John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated President Abraham Lincoln. I genuinely don't think that photo looks like it was taken in 1865, however clever Ian is. This, this painting pit photo has been colorized. Do you, you want to come up and do it? Yeah, <laughs> this painting was colorized. <laughs> Never preach in your own church. Um, by Marina Amaral. And actually what she's done artistically is absolutely spectacular. I loved looking through those things. So let me show you a couple of other um, photos that she has worked with. This one is disturbing. But this is a photo of a 14-year-old Polish girl. I had Stella in the first congregation, so she pronounced it for me, who was sent to the Nazi concentration camp, and she died in 1942. We are very familiar with the black and white versions of these photos that were taken of all the children who entered into the Auschwitz camp. But you put colour, and actually you look at the face, not the outfit, and suddenly this just simply looks like a little girl, doesn't it? There's something incredibly powerful about bringing colour into the photographs. This is uh, Dunkirk. And here it is again. It's amazing, isn't it? Because that could kind of be any time. And that looks like a history book. And that can be last week. And it's absolutely amazing what a bit of carefully applied, artistically seen colour does to a photograph. It just brings it to life. It brings it from the past to the present. It takes it from that sense of unreality, this is not my life, into something that might be my life, that connects with me and where I am at. So I want us, for the rest of the service, to bring a bit of colour to the Psalms. Because maybe you feel like these Psalms that we have read, that you have heard, sound a little bit black and white to you. Maybe some of their terminology, just you just go, oh, I just don't get that at all. I don't know where those places are. But you can get a sense of being in the pit or looking to the mountain or needing to be restful and peaceful in a calm place or experiencing contempt from somebody or judgment or being lied about or spoken incorrectly about. You can understand what it means to decide to draw near to God, to go to the place where we meet with God. So I'm going to encourage you to put some colour into the black and white of the Psalms to write your story into these ancient psalms. Because I know that you have written some really beautiful, I'm looking for my bits of paper, oh my God. Beautiful, beautiful psalms over these last couple of weeks. Some of them have been pinned to the board, and I've seen some of them on our Facebook page. And so I want to encourage you to do that again this morning. Maybe take just one of those psalms, or a little bit of it, one verse, two verses, and breathe colour into them. Take them and make them your own. Someone said of this songbook that it has the cheerfulness of a travel song with the practicality of a guidebook and a map. Kind of like that. The cheerfulness of a travel song with the practicality of a guidebook and a map. 
One of the other commentators said this about these psalms of ascent. They are not monuments, but footprints. A monument only says, at least I got this far, whilst the footprint says, this is where I was when I moved again. So what we're doing is writing some footprints. Take whichever metaphor you like. Putting some color in. Starting with something and allowing it to form your own song, soul song, prayer, of going in that upward direction of that pilgrimage that you have towards God this morning. So I haven't got enough for everybody, but I haven't got very many at all. The 915s must have taken them. But if you want to write on this bit of paper, write on this bit of paper, it says Psalms 120 to 134, a psalm of ascent. You probably can write that for yourself. And let's do that. We're going to worship a bit. We're going to share communion at some point. So when we do that, if the deacons who are serving or whoever could come up, that would be excellent. But let's just take this time. We've got like 35 minutes or so, probably a bit more, to respond to God, to connect with ourselves, to let his word connect with our story this morning and touch us and change us and mould us and shape us to be like the people of Israel walking up the 15 steps into the temple. We have that opportunity this morning. So I'm going to hand back to Catherine. Here's your bits of paper. Come and grab one. Uh, There's probably other bits of paper lurking around on the floor there. Post-it notes, pins, pens are at the back somewhere. Let's do that. Okay.